What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Cast from the Crypt. I am your host, CJ Roby, and every week I am watching an episode of Tales from the Crypt for the very first time. That's right. I'm, I'd am i never seen this show before. I've seen the Crypt Keeper. He terrified me as a small child for various years, but I never actually watched the show. So I'm getting into it now, and we're going to talk a bunch of shit about the episode and just horror stuff in general because you know we love getting scared here it's fun it's fun to be scared but uh that's not really what this episode's about uh this week it's it's not really a scary episode it's still got it's still got that classic you know tales from the crypt twisted you know that that sledgehammer left hook right there at the end but it's not necessarily a horror story this week although I don't know it might be a horror story for you I don't know if you're the kind of person who's like super paranoid that uh someone's gonna like usurp their fortune and run off with their girl or something by murdering you know but if you're not that, then it's more of a uh, it's more of a tale of intrigue than it is a tale of horror. But it's still a pretty good episode. It's a pretty solid episode. It <laughs> the the pacing of the episode is like really funny to me. How it just kind of ju- it it gets in there. Like you, it's a it's very it's to the point. Like they're getting there. And uh, that that kind of that kind of makes me laugh, just how like sudden some things happen. But um, it's it's still a pretty solid episode, you know. It's not as like kooky, like fucking. There are no Mayan truth wizards in this one, but it's still uh, it's still pretty. It's still pretty fucked. So. Uh, Let's let's get into it. Today is season two, episode seven, The Sacrifice. It's about a rich man looking for some insurance, a top salesman looking at that man's wife, and a clever lady looking to become the beneficiary of that dick. So we're gonna get into it, but before we do, I got some papers of my own to draw up. It's time for my top five credits of the episode. Top five credits. So before we get started, we do have three LA Law actors in this episode. Three of them are going to be pulled for LA Law. I I know the the tally the tally doesn't stay that consistent. But just know, I am keeping track of this because every time I look at the IMDb page for uh, Tales from the Crypt, every single time I see at least one person just like, oh, and they were also in like a couple of episodes of L.A. Law. And I'm like, what the fuck is L.A. Law and how did they get everybody from Tales from the Crypt on it? But who knows? I know that they got at least three people from this episode, though. So, our number five credit today is Don Booth, who played Sebastian. So, Don is on this list for one reason and one reason only. Because this guy 
was in the original Swamp Thing show, and that's dope. Swamp Thing is... Swamp Thing's just super cool. Like, he's... If you don't know Swamp Thing, go find a DC Comics Swamp Thing issue and go read some, because it's... It's crazy. Like there's there's all sorts of shit that happens in the Swamp Thing comics from horror to like voodoo shit to like weird mysteries. It's it, it's a bunch of shit. Justice for the Swamp Thing show. They never should have canceled it. Uh the new one that's that was coming out that they that got tanked. But uh he was also he also had a bit part in Cat People, which is a pretty old uh horror movie. That's that's a fun one. I've seen that before. Uh, I never actually watched that Swamp Thing show, but hey, you know what? Justice for Swamp Thing. Hashtag justice for Swamp Thing. Number four on the list is Ross Thomas. Ross Thomas is the writer of this episode, and he's also the writer of the book Briar Patch that that new show is based on I think it's like a CBS show or something I don't know but I've seen I've seen trailers for it I, I haven't actually gotten around to watching the show but I've seen trailers for it it looks pretty cool like pretty like action-packed and stuff like that and uh I was I was just looking on the IMDB page and I was like oh shit this guy wrote the show wait no he wrote the book for the show I didn't even know it was a book but yeah it threw me for a loop so you know what you get number four on the place for uh, for teaching me something new today. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Ross Thomas. Number three is Dana Craig. Now, it says on the IMDb page that he was the doorman, but I, I truly cannot remember the doorman at all. Oh, oh, you know what? He was probably like one of the, he was probably the guy that like, takes the car like the valet guy and when whenever uh whenever reed is pulling into the hotel who knows i i don't know he he was probably just a guy in a in a bellboy outfit but he's on this episode because this guy is a pretty cool th- this guy is a voice actor who's landed some pretty dope roles like this guy was in fucking akira like listen listen you you know if you know me then you know that the rest of this list is gonna be crazy if i'm dropping akira in third place you know that there's some shit coming up in this list but like yeah this dude had a voice in Akira, one of the craziest, greatest anime movies of all time. This guy got to be part of it. He also did a voice in this game, The Bouncer, which I really enjoyed as a youth. But uh, but then a little later, it's a Square Enix game. It, it was the Final Fantasy people, and like it was kind of like an action RPG sort of thing. And uh, I remember really liking it. And then a few years ago, me and my friend, we tried to play it again. And we were just like, this is garbage. This is straight up trash. (laughs) It was unplayable. It was crazy. But you know what? A lot of memories. And uh, this guy, this guy was part of them. Number two. Number two is kind of, (laughs) it's... 
it's kind of crazy that like they got the although all right number two is understandable why he wasn't (laughs) why he's like buried in the credits of the episode not buried but like come on the first thing i don't care who your leading man is the first thing that should be on the credits of this episode is goddamn michael ironsides is in (laughs) this episode (laughs) like holy shit michael ironsides this dude is all over action movies. If you've watched an action movie from the 80s and 90s, you've seen Michael Ironsides at least once. This guy is a great villain in a bunch of stuff. He was the bad guy in Scanners. He's the guy who made the fucking fool's head explode. That was him. He's in Highlander 2. This guy even did a voice in Heavy Metal 2000, which I will say was uh, uh, a very awakening uh, animated feature for me because uh, I watched that shit way too young and it definitely contributed to the monster that I am today. And our top credit on the list. All right, so today has been just a, a, a well of knowledge that I'm learning things from off of this episode. And uh, the number one spot goes to John Elias. Now, you probably don't know John Elias's name. I, I sure as hell didn't before I looked into this. But you've heard some of his work. He was a composer on uh, Leprechaun 2 and Children of the Corn. Yeah. If you like those movies, the scores of those, oh man, if you got great memories or if you own those soundtracks, you own some John Elias stuff. Or uh, if you ever listened to the fucking Yahoo commercials from the 2000s, this guy was the man who made the Yahoo. Don't sue me, please, Yahoo. I, I don't know if you're defunct yet, but please. But uh, yeah, he's the guy who made that. He also helped out with the moon landing title card that MTV used to do. The their whole their original Man on the Moon, like that track, the guitar track that's behind him and shit. That's John Elias. So this guy's this guy's crazy. This guy's huge. Like like you're you're never gonna know about him unless you know about him. But this guy's insane. So that is uh, that's top credits of the episode. So we're just going to jump right in to this tale of love, murder, and sacrifice. Season 2, Episode 7, The Sacrifice, comes out May 15th, 1990. We come into the Crypt Keeper making potions or something? I've got no idea. He's, he's just like, ah, I have Newt. Whisker of Rat, uh, Claw of Salamander, and all this other shit, and uh, he's he's whipping up something. I I don't know. I uh, look. I I already said that he might be some sort of like necromancer's doll or like a lich or some shit. So you know what? This just continues to prove my point. Uh, he 
his joke is, oh, to complete it, he needs the blood of a sacrifice. And he looks over at a goat that he's got just, like, tied up. And he's like, oh, well, it's got to be a virgin goat. Never mind. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I, I did like that joke. <laughs> That's a good one. So, we open. We open on shots of L.A. Ooh, yeah. Cool L.A. back in the 90s. The land of dreams. A place where stars are born and douchebags are grown straight from the soil. Comes in on a car driving. Some guy's driving up to a fancy apartment. Super fancy. And he, he goes up and he's about to get into the elevator and he sees this chick walking. And she's like, oh shit, hold the door. And she comes in and she's like, damn, she's super fine. And he sees what floor she's going to, so he asks her about her neighbor, Sebastian Fielding. And she's like, how do you know that I'm his neighbor or whatever? And he's like, oh, well, I mean, we're pretty much going to the same place, so, I mean, you got to live right next to him. Tell me a little bit about him, you know? And uh, she's like, hmm, are you some sort of, like, salesman or something? He's like, yeah, I am actually the very best. I can sell anything to anybody. Ha, ha, ha. And uh, she just kind of rolls her eyes at that. So he gets off, and he we, and we're introduced to a guy who's I can't really place the accent. He's he's got to be from like Texas or something. But uh, he he invites him in. He's like, oh yeah, man, how do you how do you like the house? And the guy's like, oh yeah, everything's like. Very impressive. Nice nice living situation you got here. And he's like, it's not supposed to impress you. It's supposed to inspire awe. Are you awed by my home? And I'm just like, this fucking guy. But the salesman's like, I mean, no. He's like, good. Yeah, excellent. Because uh, if you were if you were awed just by just by like a paint job and some nice things, then I wouldn't have anything to do with you. You would we wouldn't be business partners. So, you know, it was a test, huh? Let's see this guy's taste. <laughs> and he's like, you don't want to know the only thing that's ever awed me, Mr. Reed? Money and pussy. And I'm just like, this guy sounds exactly like my dad. <laughs> but uh, they walk out to the balcony, and uh, he's just he's just showing him the view. He's like, what do you see out there? And the guy's like, I mean, I see L.A. He's like, nah, you see the money pussy and bullshit capital of the western world <laughs> and i like that one too that was the some pretty solid slams in the first couple minutes of this episode uh so this guy's this guy's just stupid rich and he's just he's just talking about how dumbass rich he is he's like yeah i own this and the fucking penthouse next to me everything's i'm just swimming in it bro He's like, yeah, I've even got exotic pets. I got these crazy, like, rare birds, these parrots over here. And gets one of the parrots, and obviously they're also awed by pussy and money because when he grabs he's like, ah, oh, pussy and money! <laughs> so obviously this guy is just, like, talking about pussy and money while he's by himself all the time. So they sit down to start doing some business, and he's like, oh, you know how I found you? Your boss told me about you. I uh, I was going to get some insurance, and I know your boss close. So I called him up, and I told him to send me his best salesman, and here you are. And the salesman's just like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty good. So, you know, they get to it, and uh, uh, Sebastian's just like, oh, uh, give me, like, 
give me 30% of your commission or something. He's like, what the fuck? 30% of my commission? He's like, yeah, I don't pay asking price for shit. That's why I'm a rich guy and I live here, which fucking really? Oh, that's how you get rich is by not actually fucking paying for shit. Man, why didn't I think about just not paying for shit? Fucking bullshit ass. Anyway, uh, this isn't the podcast for that, but, um, they, they closed that deal and, uh, Reed's just like, all right, fine. Fuck you. 30%. He's like, ah, well then looks like we got a deal. And when they close out the deal, uh, Sebastian's wife comes in and Hey, it's the lady from the elevator. Oh shit. Who would have thunk it? Wild coincidence. So, uh, and she's just, like, young and hot, and this guy is just, like, all fucking fat and gross and rich, dude. And so it's just like, all right, well, like, I see. I see what this is all about. I see this fucking situation that's happening right now. But, uh, she's, she takes a quick interest in the, uh, insurance guy, in Reed. And they're kind of chatting it up, and she's just like, oh, man, like, you, you seem, you seem pretty cool, and like, blah, blah, blah. Where, where do you live? Where's your family from? And like all this other stuff. But they're just making eyes at each other the whole time. He's like, oh, well, uh, I live on the boat in the marina. And Sebastian chimes in. He's like, yeah, this guy, uh, this guy's a salesman from our good buddy Jasper. You remember Jasper, right? And she's like, oh, fucking Jasper. I hate that bitch. But, you know, the deal is made. And, uh, Reed and, uh, Reed and the wife are being all flirty and stuff. So the very next thing that happens is you just see the wife just power walking down this marina trying to get to this dude. And, uh, she finds the boat and he's just like, oh, Mrs. Fielding, uh, expected to see you a little sooner. <sighs> yeah. You're not the first wife that comes crawling to the insurance guy. <laughs> Just like, what the fuck? Uh, so they fuck immediately. And it's just a very long and sensual lovemaking scene for HBO audiences. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that goes by and they're just kind of laying there. And she asks why he lives on a boat. And he's just like, oh, well, I mean... You know, easy to cut connections if I need to, you know, just a couple of calls and I, I dump my job and I impound my car and I disappear. Ha ha ha. And she's like, hmm, it sounds like you're trying to entice me into something. He's like, well, I mean, I'm just saying that uh, looked at your husband's medical records and stuff and he's going to live a long, healthy life unless something uh unfortunate happens to him which i'm just like where is this coming from like you you just met her and now all of a sudden you're just like hmm maybe i should kill this dude are you a career criminal is that just like your bag that you just go every time every time one of these wives trying to figure out what's going on with the insurance deal comes by you're just like you know we could just fucking kill your husband. <laughs> but she's just like, uh, I couldn't do that. What? That's, that's my husband. I, I can't kill a man. He's like, you don't even have to. I would take care of the whole thing. 
because you, you're what I've always wanted, girl. I just, ooh, man, I just love you so much, girl. You're the best, and I gotta have you, and I'll definitely kill this fool if you, you know, if you want me to, if we can be together. So that's that's what they do. They, they're just like, all right, yeah, fuck it. Let's go with the plan. So it's a little later, and they're back at the penthouse, Sebastian invited him back so that he could, uh, you know, finalize everything, sign all the paperwork. And he's like, oh, we're going to celebrate out on the balcony and uh, have some champagne and watch the fireworks or whatever. I don't know when it's supposed to be happening, but he's like, yeah, come on, come uh, celebrate with us. And Reed says that he is going to get all the papers in order and everything and that he'll be out in just a minute. So Sebastian goes out to the balcony. He's hanging out with Gloria. She's already there. Oh, his wife's name is Gloria, by the way. Uh, Gloria's already there, and she's over here giving Reed looks like, the plan is in motion. The eagle has landed. Uh, Shooting winks at him and everything. So uh, the trap is set, and Reed runs out and pushes this fool over the edge and while he's falling he's just, oh no fuck you and he grabs reed by his shirt and they're just like struggling and everything and then reed just pushes him off dude just drops they're like they're what 15 stories up so dude's finished and then after that Gloria's is just like all right well I got to call the police and I got to pretend like, you know, I wasn't a part of it and everything. So you go hide out and let's get the last part of this plan set. The cops show up and Gloria is just like, I I got no clue how this happened. You know what? And uh, they're like, oh, well, did you know that your husband took out a $10 million insurance policy that you were going to get? And uh, she's like, oh, no, I didn't know about this. Uh, well, I mean, that's that's crazy. He's like, no, hold on. You were going to get it, but he didn't sign all the papers yet. So there's no money for you to get. She's like, oh, well, shit. But I mean, hey, I appreciate the gesture. And uh, that, you know, they, they're cool with it. So they just take off and everything's fine. Gloria and Reed sit down and they're all up on each other and they're just like, ah, yes, the perfect plan. I can't believe we got away with it. <laughs> yeah, it, they they labeled it death by misadventure. What a fucking bunch of idiots. And uh, you see the parrots kind of like in the foreground and I'm just like, ah, oh, what are these dumbasses going to say that's going to completely incriminate them for these parrots to just throw out to everybody just all their neighbors are gonna hear these parrots squawking about like rock yeah we killed his ass rock yeah fuck him so (laughs) i i was just waiting for that but uh they they're just they're just over here celebrating and you know how they're gonna celebrate they're gonna fuck but they they like It's another very sensual scene, and then it's very quickly interrupted by a doorbell ringing. And so they're just like, oh, shit, wait, hold on. Scramble to get their clothes back on. Reed answers the fucking door for some reason. And I'm like, dude, why are you answering the door? It could it could still be the cops. They could have just come back, and then all of a sudden you're in the... And they're just like, 
uh, excuse me, who the fuck are you? And you're like, oh shit. Uh, uh, I came in, I came over just like two seconds ago after you left. Mm, yeah, come on. But it's not the police. It's actually this dude's boss. It's Reed's boss. Jasper comes in to play and he walks in. He's like, oh, aren't you going to invite me in? And Reed's still looking all disheveled and shit like he was about to go fuck. Like, he doesn't even have his tie or anything. His collar's all fucked. Uh, but his boss doesn't seem to notice. He just walks in and he's like, oh, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here because they were close friends of mine. And uh, I just wanted to come over and give my condolences. Like, it's pretty crazy what happened. And uh, Reed's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh was it already on the uh, was it already on the news? Like, how did you figure this out? And Jasper tells him that the police had already been to his house because they were asking about him. Uh, they knew that he was the the salesman, and Jasper's like, "Oh well, but I didn't I didn't say anything bad, you know. You're you're a great you're a great employee, so I just talked you up." So then Gloria comes in. And she immediately turns on him. She's just like, oh, hell no. What the fuck are you doing in my house, Jasper? Get the hell out of here. He's like, hey, whoa, hold on a second. Uh, I, I'm just here to see if I can help out. And she's like, there's nothing you can do for us. He's like, oh, really? That's interesting. You know, Reed, did Gloria ever tell you how we know each other? Yeah, me and Gloria used to be close. Real close. That is until I uh, introduced her to good old Sebastian over here, and uh, and this show, there's, it's always gold diggers. Like this show is always like every time some like romance thing is happening, it's always because somebody's just like a gold digger. Like it's always in play. But uh, he he says that uh, he couldn't let her go. After she married Sebastian, he was just, he just couldn't let it go. He was obsessed. And he says, and I still am obsessed, actually. So obsessed that I actually got the uh, penthouse in the building across the street from you guys. Yep, right across the street, same floor, 15th floor, just so I could spy on Gloria. That's... Pfft. Hey, I'm a rich guy. I buy houses just to be weird to people. Yeah, it's this is what rich guys do. Uh, Reed's like, okay, that's weird. And he's like, yeah. And actually, uh, I was spying on her tonight with my binoculars and my camera. And uh, I saw her out there, and she was looking good. So I took a few snapshots. And I saw Sebastian out there, and he was looking pretty good. So I took a few snapshots. And then I saw you come in, and, uh, you know, while you were looking pretty good, I was taking pictures because you were throwing Sebastian off the balcony. And, uh, yeah, I got, man, I got some great shots of all that shit. And, uh, I've already sent that on to my lawyer, so, uh, hey, we should strike a deal. And, uh... Reed's, Reed's already losing it. He's just like, oh, fuck. We are screwed. We are mega screwed. And he's like, all right, what do you want? You, you want to make a deal? What do you want? You want, you want money? Like, what's, what's happening? We can pay. And he's like, nah, 
you know, I'm already rich, so I don't need money. But you know what I don't have? I don't have Gloria, so maybe we can share. Maybe we can share Gloria. And they're both just like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Uh, I, I don't know what's going on. He's like, yeah. So here's, here's how this deal's gonna work. Uh, I get Gloria from dusk till dawn every day, and then after that, hey, you can pick her up, and then she's all yours until next dawn. Oh, no, sorry, dawn till dusk. So he gets her in the dusk time. And they're just like, oh, God, this is super fucked. No, no way. But they're just like, oh, fuck, man, like, there's there's nothing else we can do. Like, he's got he's got the pictures, and if anything happens, then, you know, the lawyer's just going to be like, oh, well, I mean, this guy's dead, but he sent me something right before he died. What What was this? So they're, yeah, they're screwed. So they have to agree with it. And uh, guess what? This starts right now, right now, right now. So uh, it cuts to later, and it's just uh, it's just Reed being in Sebastian's house still. He's he's still in there, uh, just like hanging out there. I guess no one's gonna ask any questions about that. But he's just in Sebastian's house and he's just getting all drunk and he's being all sad because Gloria's been taken and stuff like that. And um, it's just like all these flashbacks to everything that's happened in the episode. And then Gloria comes in. She comes back and she collapses and he rushes over to her. He's like, oh, God, like, what has he done to you? What can we do? And she's just like, the same thing you've done for the past three months. Nothing. I was like, damn. <laughs> damn, they're fucked. <laughs> and he's like, what did he do? And she tells him that uh, they Jasper made her hire some street people, which I guess he just had her go look for hobos, and then she paid them to watch her and Jasper have sex. Which is, uh, fucking, that's, that's just weird. And you probably don't have to pay the homeless people <laughs> to do that. They will just watch you. <laughs> like, they'll do it for free. And so Reed's just like, nah, this is, this is ridiculous. We have to do something. But there's, there's nothing that they can do. Uh, he, he's gotta let it happen. She, she says, we gotta, like, wait this out, man, like, he, he'll he get tired eventually, and then, you know, and then we'll have the rest of our lives, but right now, we have to make sure that we don't go to jail, because we will definitely die in jail, like, this'll be fucked, but, uh, they, you know, like, Jasper's just gonna keep doing this forever, you know, there's, there's not gonna be, there's not gonna be an end to this, so, Later, she comes back to the house again, transitions, and uh, no one's in there. Reed's gone, and she's looking around for him, but no answer. So she goes to his boat to go check on him, see where he is, and she gets in there. She's like, oh my god, no, Reed. And he is on his bed, just passed out. He's got a he's got a big ass bottle of pills over his bed, and he's he's OD'd. He you know he's he's killing himself. But she comes in and he sees her. He's like, oh, 
take this. And he hands her a note. And it's a whole confession just being like, yep, it was me. I killed Sebastian. And Gloria had nothing to do with it. So don't even like, don't even go after her and like blah, blah, blah and whatever. And, uh, and Gloria takes it and she looks at it and she's just like, oh my God. And he, oh, Gloria, and he's gone. She checks his pulse and then she, and then she grabs a lighter and sets the note on fire. And she's just like, ah, yes, my poor dumb fool. And she walks out of the boat. I, I was expecting her to set the boat on fire, but she doesn't. She just walks out of the boat and then into the car with fucking Jasper. And Jasper's like, mm, did he do it? And she's like, yeah, you're damn right. He did. OD'd on a bunch of pills, took like 48 Zuplaftrodane or whatever, however these stupid ass pills are named. And she's like, mmm, excellent. That means that now Sebastian's out of the way. We have a fall guy for the whole thing, and we can finally be together like we'd planned. Ah, 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 ah. And then they just fucking drive away into the goddamn sunset, and they win. And... <laughs> and it's 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 the perfect crime but it's really not because those parrots are still there and the last shot is the parrots just being like gloria help me help me read no <laughs> and uh and then yeah the parrot screams in terror like uh like sebastian did and that's the cue for the crypt keeper to make his final appearance and it hopefully it is his final appearance because it's just the the scene is just a hangman's noose in the in the middle of the shot and then he climbs up in it and I'm just like yes yes please do it end it end it I do please have the vault keeper take over the show please but uh no he he hangs himself and he's just like cracking jokes he's just like ah yeah I love hanging around with you guys <laughs> And then he, he cuts himself down with a pair of scissors. And for some reason, there's like a weird like Yosemite Sam bang noise <laughs> when he drops. That didn't make any sense to me. But you know what? Hey, I guess this is why I'm not a sound effects editor. All right. So uh, that's the episode, guys. That's that's the whole thing. And uh, like I said, it's not really like a horror story this time. It's one of those it's one of those true crime stories. And you're gonna understand, you know, like, Tales from the Crypt isn't all just about, like, zombies and skeletons fucking hiding under people's sinks in order to fucking do some bullshit because they were mean to a plumber or something. Sometimes it's just about dicks being dicks and getting killed over it. But, uh, yeah, and you're... I mean, listen, it'll make more sense as to why today was a uh, was less of a horror story when we get into the source material. It's time for comic versus show. Today's episode comes from Shock Suspense Stories 10. That's why it's a uh, it's a crime story. Uh, remember, Shock Suspense Stories is the uh, I guess I'll call it a true crime. It's not, obviously, it's not true crime, but, you know, it's more of the, like, criminal noir stories and stuff like that. 
more than, you know, like the straight up horror stories, but still just as gruesome in a lot of cases. So this episode uh, lifted pretty heavily from the uh, from the comic, you know, not too many like huge deviations as to the actual plot and everything. Um, it's just like a few minute differences and kind of structure stuff. Like it opens with the letter that, or, you know, it opens with the confession and uh, the guy killing himself in the first splash panel. And then it kind of, he's the narrator for the whole thing. So he's kind of like, Oh, I bet you're wondering how I ended up here. Huh? Ha. Well, I remember the day that I first met her. Mmm, Gloria. And then it kind of goes into the story itself, you know. And like I said, these aren't really major changes that they made. Um, top of the list is that Reed goes to Gloria instead of her coming to the boat. Uh, she calls him and she's like, I just have to see you. Please come over. So he goes to her. Uh, it's her idea to kill her boss. He, she's just like, oh, like we could be together if you help me kill my husband. He's like, oh, wow, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a salesman. I, I would never do anything shady like that. Whoa. Um, and uh, when they do kill him, Gloria actually like sets the trap. It's not just like, it's not just like, oh, well, we'll, we'll like. We we're, were all going to go hang out onto the balcony and like blah, blah, blah. She's just like, oh, hey, honey, uh, go out to the balcony for me real quick and uh, tell me what you see. And she's like, oh, out on the balcony? What What's what's going on out here? And then Reed pushes his ass. Uh, but he doesn't he doesn't struggle. It's not it's not uh, he didn't grab on to Reed uh, when he pushed. He just goes. Uh, Reed's there when the police show up. So him and Gloria are questioned, and that's when he kind of drops in the, uh, oh, well, like, he, he didn't even, like, sign off on the insurance policy, so there's no money to get. And so they're just like, get out of here. It's, it's fine. Whatever. No conspiracy. And after the police leave, Gloria gets a call from somebody who is you know, who Jasper is supposed to be, but it's not Jasper in this. Jasper isn't dude's boss. Apparently, he's just some random guy who's just like, oh, yeah, well, uh, I live across the way, and, uh, you know, Gloria's pretty hot, so I spy on her every once in a while, and tonight I just so happen to watch you guys murder her husband. So I'm looking for a deal. Yeah, so so that's that's how that happens. Um, they, they have to agree to it, of course. And instead of, instead of, uh, it being like a dusk till dawn sort of thing, I mean, it is the, the same sort of thing, but he just adds in the wrinkle that, uh, they, they're going to be married there. <laughs> and Reed's just like, we should, we should just go like, well, let's just go be fugitives. And, uh, Gloria's just like, no, like, we can we can survive this and then have the rest of our lives together, blah, blah, blah. So uh, then there are just kind of expanded scenes on, uh, you know, just her coming back to the house, just looking all disheveled and being all sad. And, you know, both of them just being like, what are we going to do? Uh, and uh, 
the the last the last kind of differences that happen everything else kind of happens up to the same up until uh, he actually kills himself it's not just it's not drugs it's just poison you know just just like just like an all old comics it's just like ah so i grabbed a bottle of poison and drank it all down you know because like <laughs> they're not gonna be tackling people who are ODing on on shit until like 60s spider-man comics and uh he you get kind of a, a little bit of his inner monologue while he's dying and he's just like ah, oh, i'm writing my confession and like glory is gonna be safe and blah 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 the his his monologue is kind of the framing of her of her actual confession he's just like oh and now like i die and the room is getting dark but i could swear that i hear gloria saying something about me being a rube and this all being part of her plan and now she can go marry that guy i'm not entirely sure because i'm i'm dying but it sounds suspiciously like that i'm gonna have to ask satan when i get down there so uh that's that's the episode and before i get out of here i really want to let you know about some cool shit that i found that you should take a look at it's time for the shriek of the week so shriek of the week this week all right we've all seen saw right great movie the first one anyway and i mean look saw as a as a series it's got everything it's got murder it's got gore it's got puzzles it's got traps and shit but you know what it doesn't have it doesn't have chris goddamn rock yo chris rock is about to be in a new horror movie that is pretty much saw honestly i don't know how connected it's going to be to saw because it literally says on the on the trailer it says from the chapters of saw not based on saw not like saw remake or whatever or from the imagination of the people who brought you saw or whatever like that it is from the chapters of saw which means that does 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 that mean it's going to be connected? Is it still Jigsaw that's behind it? Is it is Jigsaw still the old man? I'm pretty sure he died in like Saw 19 or whatever the fuck they're on now. But uh I like is is it a reboot? Is it who knows? And they're they're the trailer doesn't really give you too much. Um you only see a trap two times you see two traps uh one of them is a very quick flash of somebody just having the having the reverse bear trap on their head and then another is just like chris rock being in the position from saw one where he has to cut his own goddamn shit apart with the with the saw and uh and fucking samuel jackson is in it too and how are you not gonna go see this movie are you kidding me this is about to be super crazy. This is about to be insane. Uh, the first horror movie I've ever heard about Chris Rock being in, and it's in Saw? Real Saw's the first horror movie that comedian Chris Rock was ever just like, man, I'd love to be a part of one of those. Like, that's it's so it's a weird and random one, but you know what? 
I'm down with it. I always love seeing comedians doing any other like crazy roles and showing showing the world what they can do. I'm always about it. So I'm definitely going to be going to see Spiral, and you should too. Spiral is coming out uh, this year. I don't know. I don't know when. It might be like summer, fall. Who knows? But keep an eye out for it and go watch that trailer. It's pretty cool. I'm I'm waiting for more trailers to come out and expand on what I saw in there because it looks pretty devastating. I'm not gonna lie. All right, everybody. Well, that's me for today. Uh, that's the podcast. So. If you've been having a good time, if you've been enjoying the podcast thus far, hey, give me a rating somewhere. Go find a place to give me five stars. Not me. Give the podcast five stars and uh, tell your friends about it. Just let people know about Cast in the Crypt. Anybody that you know who's ever watched a single episode of Tales from the Crypt, let them know that this exists. And uh, if you are trying to reach me or, you know, try to ask questions or try to give some feedback about the show or the episodes, tell me your favorite episodes, what you what you've been enjoying, your favorite Crypt Keeper jokes, whatever. You can find me on all the social medias at CJ Damoka, C-J-D-A-M-O-C-H-A. And you can also find me on Twitch, where I'm playing a bunch of video games, horror or otherwise. It all just depends on how I'm feeling at the moment and what you guys want to see. So, everybody, take it easy. I will see you next week. And, as always, stay spooky.